Shalom Hello, everyone. This is Aaron Hood again with Love and Purity Ministries podcast, the voice of my beloved podcast, and I have with me again my lovely co-host Victoria Hood. Victoria, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Yes, having me again. Oh, and it's uh, a pleasure every time. I'm sure, charmed, charmed. I'm sure. And so we uh, were finishing off last week. You know, or we are continuing where we left off last week. Uh, talking about the um, fight for purity and the be ready message. Um, but uh, before we get into that, Victoria, just going to share with us a few upcoming events. Yeah, if you missed it last week, we have Shavuot coming up next weekend. I mean, not like this weekend, but next weekend, June 3rd through the 6th. And uh, August 19th through the 22nd, we have an amazing Above Ruby's family retreat. So if you can make it to either of those, we would be so happy to see you. Yeah, we're looking to have a great time, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, encouraging people to uh, get in the word, to get the word in their heart, uh, strengthen your families. Uh, the Above Ministry, Above Ruby's uh, ministry is a phenomenal one that uh, we've um, been a part of for a long time and uh, really endorsed. Gleaned a lot from. Really gleaned a lot from. They're really great people, real solid, solid, um, solid words there. So we're looking mm-hmm. forward to that. And uh, so that's, again, June 3rd to the 6th is the Shavuot weekend, and then August 19th through the 22nd is the Above Ruby's Family Retreat. Register for those things and yes. make uh, Mr. Russ, our uh, coordinator, event coordinator, happy. He would be so happy to have that done. So, All right, so we're just going to dive right into our story where we were talking last week about how the object, right? What's the object? It is to live a pure and spotless life, right? Um, blameless. I think the word says that you could arrive blameless on that day, right? Um, alluding to the fact that it's not uh, impossible, you know, to um, live before the Lord with the Lord's help and the Lord's grace and his mercy. Uh, we, we can be that uh, pure and spotless bride. You know, we don't have to continue to struggle with habitual sins or um, sins that are, are bind us in chains mm-hmm. and uh, bind us in shame. And so um, so our story is born out of that. Victoria and I both grew up um, in families that were uh, very aware of the battle and um, very um, engaged in it uh, from a early on. So why don't you tell, Victoria, why don't you tell the story about how your mom and dad kind of met the challenge or where the challenge mm-hmm. to raise your children um, pure, physically pure before marriage. Yeah. So, um, my parents, uh, got married a few years later, had, um, my oldest brother, Brayden, and then Zach, and they started having like all these boys. And I'm not sure exactly how old the boys were. Um, but my mom was having a conversation with her, um, one of her best friends from high school. And she was like, I don't know, somehow, I guess they were talking about like something better, for their children and what they had uh, experienced in the dating world and whatever. And, and she said, Sherry, that's ridiculous. It is impossible uh, to raise young men in this generation to be pure before, before marriage. <clears throat> so that was like a challenge for mom. And uh, she, you know, I think she's looking at her little boys and she's like, there has to be a way, right? There has to be a way. So, um, so she rose to the challenge. 
Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's important, you know, that um, we understand that it's not just a setting of your face. It's not just a determination, but that determination is coupled together with physical and practical steps. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Waller family got rid of their TV, chucked it out of the house. They weren't going to mm-hmm. have that influence in their in their home. They uh, set uh, healthy boundaries uh, between guys and girls at young ages and and respect, established a strong uh, respect for the opposite gender and uh, being cordial and polite, but at the same time not uh, engaging um, on an emotional level and mm-hmm. to guard their hearts for that. And so they began to make steps, like practical steps. And I think that's where we disengage. A lot of times we think that, you know, spirituality doesn't connect with the physical. And mm-hmm. I think with what Highvel does in Israel and uh, what we're doing here is to testify uh, that that is completely not the case, um, that spirituality will affect the physicality of our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. It will change the way that we walk into a situation. It will change the way that we perceive a situation. And so her parents were really strong on that point. My parents, you know, were really good friends with Mr. Tommy and Ms. Sherry before I was born 30, 31 years ago. And uh, I grew up with uh, Josh and Caleb, my best friends, um, Victoria's older brothers, and just a real close relationship, working with the family back and forth for years and years. And then um, was approached by my mom uh, when I was 21, and uh, I had prayed. You know, I, I was familiar with the betrothal. You know, Braden had done it, and uh, I'd accepted that as, you know, the best way, the, the scriptural way to uh, find a bride, and so I kind of embraced that, and I had prayed about a few young ladies, and it uh, didn't have peace, you know, about it, or, you know, it was just wrote it off as uh, temporary infatuation, and, um, but my mom broached uh, the subject and uh, mentioned to me Victoria and said, what do you think about Victoria, and and that began, began our journey, and so but for Victoria, it started maybe a little bit before that. So why don't you tell about your part uh, going up to that that day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to back up a little bit. I was just thinking about, so I've been reading this book about, um, like, having a happy, organized family. And um, just it talks about having a goal. Like, if you have, I feel like God puts in the Scripture goals for us to, you know, to be that pure and spotless bride. Like that's a goal that we can go towards. And there's so much, um, like if we have no vision, Mm. we perish. Like Mm. there's just not even a chance. So even like in this book talking about how to uh, structure and just like um, be organized, not running behind all the time, whatever, um, doesn't mean that I'm never going to have a moment that I don't know what we're having for dinner but I have this goal of, of at some point having a organized and routine and a menu and like all these things. Cause I have a goal of getting there. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take steps to get there and it takes practical things, but in the same way, in a very spiritual, spiritual way, it's like my parents said, okay, we want our children to arrive at their wedding day as pure vessels. And forever till they till you know death may they be pure before god um so that was a goal so it was like okay so now how can we make this work if we just throw them out there and they're like 
you know, y'all just figured out it'd be great if it works out for you to be pure before you get married. Um, that, that'd be awesome. Not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, because, and I'm so thankful because, I, you know, when I'm 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, I don't have a clue about relationships, how this should work. Um, and if I was just told to go figure it out, I would have really made a huge mess for myself. Um, because we all know, like, I know that I'm a very emotional person and, you know, like you get to a certain stage in your life and it's like, yeah, guy attention feels good. And, um, and so if you're just going after what feels good, then that's not going to get you to the goal of being uh, a pure bride. So, um, so that was it. So when I was about 14, um, Aaron came to Israel for the first time with our family mm-hmm. and um he stayed with us three months or whatever and so it was right about that time that I was like wow he's a really great guy and um I would you know yeah I'd love to have a guy like that for my husband but and then I was like it was right at the same time brain and tally we're getting married and stuff and I was like okay wait hold on <laughs> I gotta back up and I'm 14 years old. This is not what I need to be thinking about right now. <laughs> so, um, and then through all th- through my teenage years, um, it was, you know, a, a constant battle of like checking my thoughts. Okay. Where do I, you know, not that I think it's, um, so it is God gives us beautiful, like godly desires for, for love and for attention from the opposite gender. Um, but that's for one purpose and for one person. Mm. And so it's super important to rein those things in until you know who that one person is. And so, you know, Aaron wasn't the only guy growing up that I thought, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe that's the one, or, you know, you come up with some kind of reasons why you'd make a great couple or whatever. (laughs) Um, so, and that really helped me to realize, Whoa, okay. I know that I had you know, this thought about this other guy and the, I'm like thinking about this other guy. And so it's like, okay, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Um, because I know that my, my emotions are, are up and down and you know, your feelings are, are strange. So they have to be held into a, um, structure structure. Yes. Yeah, a good solid So structure. that's why I'm thankful for my parents direction because it was always, the battle was always kept at that place. It wasn't like, so th- they said, you know, no, we're not going to have, um, we're not going to have uh, deep conversations with the opposite gender. We're not going to have, so I was never in a place to push uh, that boundary to become emotionally connected um, with the opposite gender being like a two-way thing. It was always like, okay. I just, uh, now I have to hold this in my mind and my heart and realize that that person is probably not my spouse. So I'm just going to totally shut that down and, um, you know, move on until God shows me something different. So anyway, so yeah, so that was kind of where I was at. Um, yeah, all the 
teenage years. Yeah. So then um, when when I began to pursue her, she had kind of uh, laid it down, and then I had kind of you know for a short season season. Um, there was a, it's, it's interesting how many times I've talked to young, young men and, and they're like, yeah, it's like when I just gave up and was like, Lord, you know, you'll bring her. It was very shortly after when, uh, the father would, uh, open the door and, and, and show them who it was supposed to be. And, uh, so there's a testimony to that, you know, why we, 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 we got to stop striving, you know, in our own strength. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we believe that we are gods and God has a good plan for us and God intends for us to be married because marriage is a good thing, mm-hmm. then we can rest in that. And um, not all, not everyone get, will get married, and, and it's God's plan to get married. We understand that. Um, but there is a, a large percentage that do and, and will. And so just um, waiting on God is, is a great place to be for anyone and in any time in your life to wait on the Lord. So um, I uh, began to pray about it, you know, and I, my mom obviously was on board. Um, so I talked to her and my dad and, and they got, got their blessing and I'm sure y'all are pretty familiar with the way patrol works. And so, but to run through it quickly, I, uh, went to her dad and one of the prunings and asked him and, uh, we prayed about it together and, and he wanted to, um, tell Miss Sherry, um, one-on-one. And so about a couple weeks later, he flew back to the States and I was in Israel and I assumed that he had talked to Miss Sherry, and I got a message from my mom. You know, this was like before there was there was iMessaging, but like I had a iPod. I didn't actually have a phone that you know I could get a message. I had to connect to the internet, you know, like old style. And uh, so then I heard my mom message me and say that you know they'd had a meeting, and I thought, okay, that's great. You know, I assumed that we would I would get back, and then I would meet with her parents and my parents together, and we would discuss some more things and, and they would ask some more questions. And, but when I got back, I found out that they had already said yes and get, asked Victoria and she had said yes. And they surprised me the same day, like at the, not necessarily at the airport. It's a long story, but uh, a couple hours after the airport, when I landed in the States, um, the surprise me and Victoria was there. And uh, I still had no idea that uh, I don't think the Wallers knew that I had no idea. Yeah, I, I was thinking he was like in suspense, like what is she gonna say? <laughs> and he didn't even know that I knew. Yeah, that. I never even knew. So uh, she surprised proposed to me in a way, <laughs> and uh, that, that makes our story kind of special and different. But uh, so we went uh, forward about a month and then got betrothed. Like we, mm-hmm. I asked her to marry me at that time when I got home you know from from israel and she said yes and then we were betrothed a month later not because we just wanted to hang around but because it just worked out timing wise uh, we were getting ready for family week at that time it was going to be in kentucky and so yeah that's where we were betrothed right before or after right after family week at uh tennessee campground mm-hmm. just our families and then we got married at a kentucky lake and we invited everybody over and this is the part where, you know, there's this picture that we are trying to display or trying to uh, emulate because it's God's picture. It's the picture of how uh, God has loved us. He's the Father and He loves us. And, you know, He sent His Son to pay so that we could be the bride of Christ, right? So that He came, Yeshua came, and He paid the price for us, you know, the bride price of His blood. And He betrothed us to himself you know when Yeshua was sitting at the uh, Passover uh, with his disciples you know he 
he offered them the cup and he said, take and drink. You know, that was a, a shadow of a betrothal ceremony. And then he went away, right? And uh, in that same way, after Victoria and I were betrothed that same night, I left and uh, we didn't see each other for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we came back together and on our wedding day and we were madly in love and we you know went from that place into being married and then uh we had a feast a wedding feast a couple days later and uh, that's the picture of messiah that's the picture of the the oh man just the romance and beauty that is in the picture of messiah um so we rented a whole campground and we invited all my friends and and fellowship and victoria's family friends fellowships and the campground everybody came and they did we didn't know the day or the hour my dad was going to tell me when to come but we knew the season it was going to be between friday night and sunday night sometime and um my dad gave me the go ahead midnight on friday night and we shot fireworks and we blew the shofar through the campground and woke everybody up and then everybody came out and they had their lanterns and had oil in their lamps and it was a beautiful picture and it was a beautiful time for us to uh, look into and to press into what it looks like uh, to be ready. And uh, so that be ready message is something that is encapsulated, not just in, um, you know, the, let's say the, the putting on the whole armor, like we mentioned before, you know, like military style, but also like for longing for the loved one to come. There's also this element, uh, be ready, probably more so than in the, the battle ready. There's this, the longing of a bride for her bridegroom is an all-consuming longing, right? And the difference is because one is is out of fear, and I believe that's good that we have a healthy fear of the Lord, and, um, and we know our place, you know, as... Uh, human beings and him as God, that's a good place, but it should mature into a place of love. Mm-hmm. And that love, Victoria and I just the, the other day we were talking, I came in and I was working with some of Braden's sheep. I don't have sheep, but I was working with, helping uh, get some of Braden's sheep in. And I told my wife, I said, it is far better to lead sheep than it is to drive sheep. And, you know, that's the other thing it says, you know, he makes me lie down in green pasture. You know, he's a good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. And the reason he's a good shepherd is because he draws the sheep. He draws us with his love. He draws us uh, with his tender mercies and loving kindness. And that's why the, the bridal paradigm, the picture of the bride waiting for the groom, I believe is the preferred one because it's motivated out of a pure love. We know that in Matthew 5, 8, it says, The pure in heart shall see God. And 2 Timothy 4, 8 says, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. There's that love aspect again. You know, it's he's coming not just to gather those who believe. There's many who believe in God, you know, um, the faith and salvation, Yeshua, is where there's, there's faith and salvation. But this verse expressly says, to all who have loved his appearing, that have loved the fact that he appeared once and, and that he will return again, and that we're longing for that, right? There's this beauty of, Lord, would you come now, even now, Lord Yeshua, come, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what does he say? I, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. 
So we are looking forward to him, the righteous judge. He'll give me on that day the crown of righteousness, not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In uh, Hebrews uh, 9.28, And so Messiah was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. It says he will appear a second time. To who? To those who eagerly wait for him. Amen. Victoria, were you Amen. eagerly waiting for me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking about the the picture between the fear and love. Like, so before uh, we had, before Aaron asked for me, um, you know, I knew or, you know, I thought that God would bring me a bridegroom, that I had, that there would, I'd have a husband at some point. So it was like. Um, I hadn't lost hope. But, so I was just thinking, like, so if another guy was to come along and, like, try to get my attention or whatever, I would be like, uh, you know, I, no, I'm not, I'm not going down that route because I know that God has a perfect plan for me, but it might be a little bit attractive. Yeah. Whereas, like, when Aaron asked for me and, like, we developed a relationship and we in that structure fell in and like complete love. It wow. was like another guy come along. I would be like, no, <laughs> uh, <get away laughs> exactly. I'd be like grossed out. Like there would be not a inch of desire at all. Get behind me, Satan. Exactly. Like I would just be like, I just, you know, want to smack you or something. Um, but out of the love, like, so originally it was more of a, maybe a fear of like, you know, I don't want to do something wrong up, maybe, or yeah, whatever. Fear of the Lord. The Whereas Lord judgment, yeah. once like I was in love with Aaron, it was oh, totally yeah. like totally not, not even, yeah, not a desire at all. So, yeah. I saw, we just encourage people, you know, don't live life, um, running from something, mm -hmm. live life running towards Toward. something. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, you, you've probably heard me say this lots of times, but I have a lot of good conversations with these guys in the jail. And uh, I was talking to some of them, and, they, and one of the guys says, said, everyone needs something to believe in. Mm -hmm. And so if you, and, and it struck home with me because he was even making a distinction in his mind between hope and something to believe in. You know, hope is maybe that you won't die one way or the other, but something to believe in is that, you know, you would uh, die for a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's that goal, that end goal, like Victoria mentioned beforehand. And uh, so that's the, that is what we're striving towards. In first uh, Timothy six, 13 through 14 it says, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. And before Messiah Yeshua, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Messiah's appearing. That's a, a charge. You know, that's a, um, a commandment. You keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Messiah's appearing. And so it begs us to, to wonder, you know, how, you know, what's that practical side of staying pure? You know, what's that mm -hmm. practical side look like? You know, for the Wallers, maybe, you know, and, and for my, my, our family, Victoria and I, we don't have a TV. You know, we have a computer to, to get uh, paperwork and things done. And we watch, you know, some uh, videos, you know, for our you know, educational videos for our children. And every once in a while, you know, a chosen very or rarely. something. Yeah. Um, because at the very, at the very least, you know, it's just such a waste of time, mm -hmm. you know, in today's culture. 
But uh, we're running out of time. So I think when we come back, uh, what we'll do is we'll dive into practicality, uh, what it means to live life prudently. Um, we'll just kind of dig into that a little bit. And, you know, what, uh, what guys and girls, each one individually, and uh, can focus in on to, um, to find themselves uh, without spot or, uh, and blameless uh, at the day of his coming. Mm-hmm. So with mm-hmm. that, Thank you for listening to the Voice of My Beloved podcast, where we believe that hearing and following the voice of the Bridegroom King leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life.